We are live with our 11th episode of Hobnails, Hoops, and Hide Shedder. This is Danny Rucker with Emery Kane and Christian Britt, a sports podcast by everyday fans for everyday fans. Guys, we have a good show lined up for you tonight. Lots of college sports to talk about, and we're going to talk a little high school ball with our guest, David Bauman, Alcoa High School. Uh, I have to admit, uh, I was really looking forward to this podcast, guys, because uh, we've hit that lull right after Thanksgiving. And you go back to work this week. Emory and I are in education, so we we this this week's hard for us because right around the corner we got Christmas. But this first week, right after, we've hit four and a half days off. We go back and we don't want to go to work. But then after this week, it's going to speed right up, and we're going to go right into Christmas. Uh, and speaking of Christmas, how's you guys Christmas shopping coming along? Um, uh, my wife does most of that, so I'm hoping it's all right. So what did you uh, get I, her then? Did she get her own stuff? I, I, uh, she tells me what to get her. <laughs> well, we my started, wife too, we, but I still help with the shopping. <laughs> we, we started doing all of ours online a couple years ago, so ours was done by like week one. I do the exact I mean, same thing. Uh, week one of what? Week one of I, football well, I, season? Or I guess it was, uh, we're, we're, I guess we're still in week one, so I guess it was, Last week in November, then yeah, it was, it was maybe even the week before. I don't know. It's been weeks, a while, I guess. Week, we week zero, through. yeah, week zero. <laughs> <laughs> we're done. Hey, we're done. Credit cards are maxed out. <laughs> Spend the rest of the month off. <laughs> we do the same thing, Cody and Jody. Last week before we got on, they asked me because I got four daughters. I said, Rucker, what, what, how much do you have to save for Christmas? I said, man, we start saving in March for this because I got so many things to buy. <laughs> we got to start saving way early to go buy this stuff for these girls. So I do the same thing. I shop online. Uh, Emery, you got little Maddox you got to shop for. Of course, you, it's his second Christmas, yeah. isn't it? Second Christmas, yeah, second Christmas. So we're uh, – I don't even know what we're getting him. He's Well, I've got him some books. He likes these uh, – these dinosaur books. So we've got some books so far. Um, we're actually moving houses. We're, we're moving to apartment building a house. So um, Christmas will be a little weird this year. My wife's pretty upset that we're not putting Christmas lights out right now. So it's going to be a depressing time for her. No, no Christmas lights. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're right now in the kind of, we're, we're building our house. So we're, we're actually getting close to done, but we're same, same kind of process. We're just renting a house. So no tree up, no lights. I'm yeah, just ready to get, get out of that house and move into the new <laughs> one. So I don't want to put anything up. I didn't want to clean it. Aren't you? Aren't you living in the first house built in like Seymour, South Knoxville area? It's it's one of the yeah. It's it's, it's <laughs> literally a church parsonage in Wallen, right outside of Seymour. It is it is literally the first yeah. It's the, when the settlers came to Tennessee. That's where they that's where they first set up camp right there. <laughs> All right, so guys, we're going to go right into our college topics. Big news in college football this week. We've got two huge head coach hires, which also leaves two huge head coach openings uh, at uh, Oklahoma and Notre Dame with Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley. Which one of the two got the better end of the deal here? Um, I think Brian Kelly did. I mean, you're probably money-wise, it looks – I mean, everything has come out about Lincoln Riley, maybe Lincoln Riley money-wise, but I think Brian Kelly's going into a hot better recruiting Um you know, he's probably with the academic standards at Notre Dame, he's probably handcuffed a little bit recruiting. Um, so 
he's he's going to be wide open down there at LSU, and they've already proved if Ed Orgeron can win a national championship there and can barely speak English, surely uh, Brian Kelly can be successful down there. Go Tigers! Um, with yeah, with his <laughs> recruiting, with his recruiting abilities. I mean, he's we all all three of us has three of us have a. Uh, spoken our disdain for Notre Dame. So maybe we'll we'll get to like Brian Kelly now that he's not uh at Notre Dame. Well I yeah, have spoken Brian. my disdain for Notre Dame, but why why would you leave Notre Dame? You don't you pretty much get to regulate your schedule every year. You're automatic Absolutely. top ten every year. So why would you why would you leave to go to a tougher conference? I mean that does say a little bit about Brian Kelly. He he does want the challenge. I think this is the opposite about no. Lincoln Riley. He didn't want he didn't want the challenge. He was no Absolutely part of not. that. He wants no part of that SEC. So he went to Cal, he went to the the California probably the weakest five power five there is. Yeah, yeah. I I definitely I I actually like the Brian Kelly move. I think if if I were him, I, I mean LSU is probably one of the top three spots in the country, especially right now. So I think he looked at how Orgeron could recruit and had had all that talent, and not being the you know necessarily the best recruiter ever, but not being a great coach, and he knows he's a better X's and O's guy. And he knows what he could do with that talent year in and year out, where it's just a little bit harder to recruit at, at Notre Dame. Uh, I did find it interesting. I just found this out. My brother was telling me a little bit about it. But so Kelly was trying to get both his OC and his DC to come with him. And it just got announced, I think within the last hour, that the defensive coordinator is going to be the new head coach at Notre Dame and the offensive coordinator is staying there. So he's not getting in either one of his coordinators. So he's going to have to find new coordinators and Notre Dame hired within. Hoping to hope, I guess maybe keep a lot of their recruits, keep a lot of the players they have already got, maybe keep rolling. I, he also told me that their defensive coordinator has actually been their head recruiter and their main recruiter for the last few years, even more so than Brian Kelly. So uh, you know, I guess Kelly's gonna have to hire a hire a guy at LSU to you know help him with his recruiting too, which is interesting. I think I think too just What's going. One? Go ahead, Amir. What's that? Uh, I, I was ahead. just gonna say that. Um, just the way that both of those guys left is is pretty wild. Like most of these guys are preaching. And I know, and I know, coaching you're getting paid. It's a little bit different, but both of these guys are preaching uh, commitment to the the program, commitment to Oklahoma, commitment to Notre Dame, and then you know all of a sudden they're gone. And you know, I think the Brian Kelly story came out that one of the assistants didn't even know he was at a recruit's house, and as he walked out the front door. He looked down and, and saw it wasn't even from Brian Kelly. It was on ESPN that Brian Kelly was leaving yep. to go to LSU. Like what that's pretty crazy. That you can't look like. Do you remember Emory? <laughs> uh, I can't say that on uh, the podcast here. Yeah, we he make it big and make millions. So we can start. Are Yeah, maybe we can use that kind of language when we start. Oh, we uh, will. I can't use that we language should. right now. I've been, we, I've been waiting for the chance to say some of these things. Uh, yeah. But and then also Lincoln Raleigh. I think he like. I mean, he just left pretty pretty you know i think there's a clip that came out of lincoln raleigh talking about uh guys in the transfer portal if they can't make a commitment to their team then uh he doesn't really want them so i mean how how can he ask this you know the same thing from guys that are coming to oklahoma or usc or wherever he's at it's pretty uh that's just kind of crazy how the college coaching world and the college just transfer portal and all that stuff's shaking out right now did you all see the Brian Kelly uh, message he sent to his team? How he yeah he was he apologized and said he, he were having a team meeting at seven a.m. the next morning. Yeah. Well, there's there's a video where you can watch his full seven a.m. meeting with his team, and it lasted it a total of four minutes and eighteen seconds. 
<laughs> yep. You can watch I the entire thing. What, is, was, what did he say? I haven't seen it yet. It's. I mean, he, he said, just says guys, how grave an opportunity was. Obviously, Go ahead, you Rucker. heard, guys. Obviously, you heard the news. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> appreciate it's, it. So, I saw a report that said he was off campus by seven eleven. Eleven minutes that. after he was off he campus, kept, he kept the truck running. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah, he was out of there. But I will know some of these. Some of these numbers now. Brian Kelly's are still up in the air, but I saw Lincoln Riley's contract details. So it looks like it's it's around ten years. It's about a hundred and ten million dollars. Put that in perspective. Uh, 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 the Texas A&M coach. Oh, why, why am I blanking on his name? Um, Jimbo. Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, Jimbo Fisher. Sorry, he just got ten years, eighty-five million. So this is ten years, one hundred and ten million. If uh, they buy out his contract at Oklahoma, they bought his ha- both of his houses for five hundred thousand dollars over estimated value. They purchased him a new six hundred fifty thousand dollars house in Southern California. He has unlimited plane travel with their private jet and already got the number two overall recruit from 2023 following him as his future quarterback so you know who knows I, that's hard to leave money wise i, I still <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely now football wise I, I don't understand it I, I wouldn't do it but you know maybe he just wants to secure the bag and try to make something provide spark would, over at usc i don't know i i wouldn't want to live in california that's a I'm like oh, thanks but no thanks no California uh, for me. Nope. nope. I, would, I then, wouldn't either. And you know what? I, we said something about Lincoln Riley not not wanting to compete in the SEC. But uh, if you if you were coaching the situation and you could go to a college like it's a major college that has a history of being a you know, traditional power like that, and you knew you could get players, would you not think about going to USC too and maybe being? But Oklahoma also has every, the same. Oklahoma also has the same. Uh, Oklahoma's not going to play Alabama, Texas A&M, LSU, Georgia every year either. They are. They are in, in a year or two years. I mean, Oklahoma is. That's what I'm yeah, saying. You said, USC, oh, you said, I mean, oh, okay. I mean, USC. You, you oh, said USC is not going to play. Oh, okay, got gotcha. you. USC is yeah. not going to play those teams now. Oklahoma's about to. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It looks like he's scared of the SEC. But on the surface, I mean, like you said, it's a lot of money and. There's a lot of perks to being out there, except living in California, obviously, because a lot of people are a lot of people are leaving there, not going there. Yeah, yeah. All right, Christian, quote of the week. What do you got for us? Yeah, I love the quotes of the week. We've heard the we don't hear the quotes beforehand, so this is fresh. So, what do you got? Yeah, and this one is a fresh one, and I picked it because of the topic we actually just got done talking about. I think you guys have probably seen this, but so it's actually two quotes with one. But the the main quote is uh, is something, and then the response is the quote I'm focused on. So the the main the the first quote was Lincoln Riley, and he said, in in, in response to uh, his his time, his first interview or first press conference at USC, he said, "This is going to be the mecca of college football." And then Isaiah Thomas, who is one of his linebackers at Oklahoma, responded to it and said, and here's the main quote, here's the good one. He said, you told us that last week. <laughs> Calling out his coach on social media for the world to see minutes after his post-conference where he just abandoned Oklahoma and his tarts. I mean, it was just – it was savage. Called him out. I, I thought it was awesome. And, I, and yeah. I hate Oklahoma. I don't like Oklahoma at all, but I thought it was hilarious to see let him call him out like that. 
That's that's pretty awesome to see. Uh, I mean, that's the age we're into, the social media. Anybody can call anybody out at any time. Anybody, yeah. Uh, it, yeah it doesn't matter. There's stuff I mean, coming out about Brian Kelly from like years ago. I mean, there was some stuff I was seeing. Oh, did you about, see the Roberts uh, Sala? And did yeah, you see that? and Matt LaFleur. Did you see that yeah. record? That's yeah, pretty crazy. crazy. Right? I didn't he made see that. He invited him Made to a party snow, and then uh, shovel snow <laughs> off the driveway and, and, and yeah, park cars. Park car. yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's social, pretty crazy. Yeah, social media it'll it'll find all your all your uh, all your demons for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so guys, uh, getting into our our guest. We're about to add our guest here. We got David Ballman from Alcoa High School. He is the girls' high school. Basketball coach, we want to welcome him in. Coach, he's been a regular on on Twitter here on the replies since what Absolutely. we started. He's been chiming in or grilling somebody about their picks or something that they said or they <laughs> <Yeah>. drafted. <laughs> uh, so, Coach, good to have it's, you on with us. How's everything been going? Hey, it's great to be here. I appreciate you all having me. I've been a listener from the start. That's part of my dog walks in the morning. Uh, <laughs> it takes me about three dog walks to get through a whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping this one doesn't go three dog walks tonight because we're already getting close to my bedtime. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. already complaining about the bedtime being the oldest guy on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the oldest guy you've had so far. Has anybody yeah. been close? Yeah, you're pretty old. You're pretty old, Coach. <laughs> yeah, I think Rucker's the closest. Rucker's yeah, the closest. I'm closest. <laughs> one, of the reasons, one of the reasons I brought Coach Bauman on so quick is that he and I, he and I are Duke fans, and we're about to talk some Duke basketball. And I wanted some backup ever about blaming the referees. You're gonna need it. here in a minute while they lost last night. Come on, but coach, uh, you know we're not we're gonna see. So how, how did you become a Duke fan? I, I kind of get the story of how I became. Well, how did you become a Duke fan? Well, I'm I'm uh, I actually graduated from Alcoa High School as well. So it was my freshman year at Alcoa, and then I'm on the basketball team. And at the time, this was um, uh, part of the Georgetown Hoya heydays when they were great. And, and, and all the guys I played basketball with on the Alcoa team loved Georgetown Hoyas. Well, my freshman year was about, I think it was Danny Ferry, uh, Johnny Dawkins and that group. And they beat Georgetown that year in the tournament. And so I just came to school and said, yeah, that's my new team. And it was a good time to jump on that bandwagon because then long came soon after that uh, – Christian Leitner and Bobby Hurley. So I got to witness all that. You know, the I'm sure you all have seen the 30 for 30, the I hate Christian Leitner. Yeah. Uh, the great ones. So much because, I mean, I remember watching all that stuff. I remember watching all those games and seeing all those things. So, you know, I jumped on the bandwagon early in high school and just stuck with it. And the big reason was because Duke stuck it to Georgetown. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a similar experience. I actually – uh, my dad was in the Air Force, so we lived in Las Vegas from when I was there. And when I was about seven or eight, it was 1990. I was watching basketball with my mom, and it was when UNLV beat. They won the national championship that year. They played Duke in, I don't know if it was the semifinals or the championship. They drilled them. But my mom was, was going was for that year. Yeah, so my mom was going for Duke. Because everybody at work was going for UNLV, and she hated UNLV. She hated uh, Tark. She hated just you know their the attitudes about everything. So I cheered for Duke because she did, and they got smoked. But the next year, same situation, they were playing them again. I said, I'm going to cheer for this team. And then they beat them in the semifinals. Then they beat yep. Kansas in the championship. 
Yeah. So I've been a fan ever since then. So kind of similar situations on that. Uh, so a lot of people like so that way they don't say, "Oh, you're just you just like Duke because they're good." Rutgers just I, a bandwagon I, fan. Yeah, he, he is definitely a bandwagon. I was yeah. a bandwagon fan when I was eight. I jumped on that bandwagon. <laughs> my, my dad was in the Air Force as well. Moved around and Duke fans from long ago. I mean, we're we're kindred spirits from long ago. Yeah. So since 1990, boys, that's 30. That's going to influence my years, votes yeah. from here on out. When that's I a long time. Exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> also, exactly also, right. Rucker in a Gonzaga shirt two weeks ago. Don't listen to him. <laughs> no, you didn't. We can't get those Gonzaga shirts here. They're in Washington. You'll find a Gonzaga shirt. <laughs> Speaking of that, one of my friends home, he, he loved BYU football. I don't know why he did because he was from Tennessee. He loved BYU football. But he was was, he, Mar- was he Mormon? He was not. He was not. He was actually in, yeah. he was actually my did friend he, Eric. He was in our wedding. Did any of his wives love, love BYU too? <laughs> they all all seven of them did. <laughs> he liked BYU football. And we were at some kind of get together and uh somebody got him a BYU hat and he was saying, Hey, this is so and so. He got me this BYU hat and I said, What did you have to do? Go to Lady Utah to get that thing? And he said, Yeah, I did. <laughs> I was just kidding, but he actually did have to get have it shipped in from Utah to get that hat. Uh, so, guys, you got hobnailed. Duke got hobnailed last night uh, by Ohio State. Um, that's why I brought bombing on here. I'm not a blame the referee type guy, but today I'm going to yeah, be a blame the referee type guy. Here's some interesting <laughs> stats I got. Uh, last go. night, 23 fouls called against Duke to 14 for Ohio State. But in uh, the, the previous games, Duke averages 13 fouls a game. Uh, and then the most in the game this year is 15. Ohio State averaged 18 fouls in the game. And they've had 24, 19, and 18 fouls in the game one time. So you're telling me that completely flipped in the one game here? Chris, don't yeah, shake yeah. your head. Don't shake your yeah. head. I, I yeah. think it has. It most definitely did. Yeah. No name is Red Key. Who's ever heard of him? Gets he fouls <laughs> out John. Gets four fouls on Mark Williams. You couldn't touch him. And one team was allowed to play physical, and the other team was not. I will say this. I will say this about the free throws. Duke made more free throws than Ohio State did. They shoot them better. I'm not saying they don't, but I'm saying they made more free throws. They all, it was I only you say on this podcast last week that part of Duke's game plan is to shoot more no. free throws than the other team, and they I agree. It last night, and didn't I agree? But, but, but did they fouls, shoot more? Because they missed quite a bit. Did they shoot more though? Check on they that. Shoot more. Second, they I have it written down. But if you, if you, uh, the ball don't lie. <laughs> I, I know Ohio State shot uh, 50%, so they were 11 and 22, I believe. Let me, I'm looking it up. My computer's running slow, but 11 of 20. I, I think so. It's what Ohio State was. And I think Duke was like 12 of 18, 12 of 17. But I'm looking, I'm trying to get my computer to go to look at it. So, look, we're yeah. all basketball coaches on this podcast. Not, not everybody on the level of Christian, but. At some point in time, as a player or a coach has said those words, I just said, the ball don't lie. Absolutely, yeah. I say it almost every day. Against Ohio State, missing so many free throws. This 70% shooters missing free throws because the ball doesn't lie. 
But and, they won, uh, so the ball looks like the ball win. doesn't lie. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Duke, Duke was driving to the basket. Duke was driving the basket pretty consistently for about three-fourths of the game. A lot of contact not getting called. Some getting called. A lot of contact not getting called. And then they were swiping through, just ripping through. And they were calling, calling a fire after they, get, they got the rebound. And the other guy jumped with him and bumped him a little bit. And they were calling a foul on that. Well, that, that changes kind of how they play defense. They've been playing tight defense. all. This is the best defense I've seen Duke start a year mm-hmm. in probably about 12 years. And that completely – that's kind of how they've been going. They've been playing tight defense, their offense, and that completely changed how they, how they played. But even with all that said, a lot of poor shot action down the, down the court. Or yeah, they went 12 shooting shooting with eight – yeah, shoot with 18 yeah. seconds left on the clock, coming off a screen, trying to pull a three. Just too much dribbling around uh, sometimes you, instead of – Do you think the, the youth – youth they got behind a little bit. Do you think the youth played into that, trying to rush instead of uh, just being patient and getting well, a good they shot? Actually, they actually weren't behind until the last minute of the game. They, okay. just, yeah. they couldn't find any flow. And, uh, you know, we Trevor Keels after the Kentucky game. He's kind of been a non-factor the last – Three about two or three games. I think he needs to step I up. think right now Duke's Duke Duke's best player is more by far. I think uh yeah. I think, I think Barrow probably should have taken a back seat. <laughs> you know what I mean? To maybe kills or more to maybe get them a, so he wouldn't be in four for fourteen from the field there, leading to yeah. Duke's thirty eight percent from the field. <laughs> yeah, I've heard Emory's cute little nickname for Barry Barrow. <laughs> step further and go the Chris I call him. route. <laughs> Backseat to no one, Banchero. <laughs> I call him Powerhouse Paolo. He needs to take a backseat to Wendell Moore and let Wendell Moore take that team over. Yeah, he does. Wendell's good. And Wendell's a great example of what I'd love to see in college basketball because he's a, it's his third year here. And I've told anybody would listen for years, I wish that college basketball would go the route of pro baseball. And where you've got a choice, you can go out of high school if you're good enough. But if you go to college, you stay for three years. And that's the way yeah. college baseball works. You got that I would argue two years. years. Yeah, I think two, but I, I like that too. I do too. Yeah, I like hey, to get more of the my computer finally called up. Duke was twelve of sixteen, and Ohio State eleven of twenty-two from the free throw line. So he shot six more free throws. Ohio State. Right. That's because they got fans and Rucker, I know we talked about it earlier the the Bancaro with his uh, his interesting cramp situation, where it says he sweats so much and and all these cramps and all this stuff that he loses seven pounds per game. Yeah. After every game because of it, and one of the comments on that post said, "Well, it it probably helped a little bit if he drink a little more water and a little less beer in the back seat." <laughs> 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 that, that definitely helps with hydration. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I got I got one more thing with this game, and we talked about it, texted a little bit about it. I want to see uh, Coach Ballman's opinion on it, which I think was what I said last night with Jay Ballman. What do you think about Jay Billis or or any any former player announcing their own game? I think Jay B, Jay Billis is non biased, uh, as about as as about as good as you can get. 
But what do you what do you think yeah. about former like the Kirk Curb Street calling a, a you know Ohio State or or any anybody like that? Yeah. Greg McElroy calling an Alabama game. I think it's hard to do. Now I say I think that Herb Street's one of the best areas in, in football and Billis is one of the best areas in basketball. And I'll say as a Duke fan, sometimes I get a little annoyed with Billis because I think he's going out of his way to not yeah. show any partiality. Yeah, I recommend mentioned that. Jay, what are you watching? Because he just fouled the crap out of him, and you say it's not. <laughs> yeah. uh, but again, listen, I'm 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 about to be 50 years old, and I still act like an absolute fool after Duke ball games or during Duke <laughs> ball games and UT football games, and and I hate how I get. And I mean, I was I was one of those fools last night. <laughs> yep. I was uh, I was laying in, in bed in the bedroom watching it, and then once I turned it off, I just kind of sat there for like 20 minutes, like. What do I do? I look forward to this game all day, and then they lose. And on top of that, on top of that, I'm not going to get up. I'm not going to get enough sleep now because I got. I'm going to exactly. get up at six o'clock. I was really miserable for about two minutes. Staying up late. Man, he, actually, he actually texted us last night. I think hoping for a response, but I was already asleep yeah. by the time he texted. Yeah, we, we were both. I woke up. I didn't even know anything had happened, and I was like, "Oh, well, there's our hobnail segment." <laughs> What was it? Was it about the I, foul I, I calls? Will, yeah, so yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I, I, so that's yeah, I think I said the foul calls way. are something that I can't say on this right now. Yeah, that's what I, can't I, really <laughs> I, I will mention one more stat on here. I call, I got called out on my uh, on my stats here recently by uh, I think one of Emory's assistant coaches or someone there. I think it's Coach Hillard. Hillard, maybe. Yeah, yeah, Jared Hillard called you. Called me out. Said he, said he wanted more stats, so I'm bringing more stats. So this was interesting. So. So, as you know, Rucker, Duke led by 13 points at halftime. This is the first time over the last 10 seasons that Duke led by 10-plus points at halftime and lost the game. Well, you know what, that's Christian, pretty interesting. How many of the Duke players played 10 years ago? Uh, that doesn't <laughs> matter. None of them. None of them I don't care what happened 10 years ago. I care about this year. And I'm upset that they lost that game, but they shouldn't have lost that game. I got hobnailed, well, and we're having to put it on the hobnailed segment. Maybe it'll be another decade before it happens again. Although and I don't you, know. I, you, I hope. And you lost a draft point. You lost a point in the draft. I did. So I lost draft, a draft point because yeah, of the we, draft need, we need those draft updates too. We need before yeah, this. We need to start. I, I tell you what. You need to start I, publishing I those. I know. I, what I'll do is after after we do this draft, I'll put the rankings up. We need to we need to set aside like a an end time for like the like this session of the drafts. So that way we can say, all right, this is when we're going to stop. And the winner gets whatever, and then we start over another one. That's what I we say. Need to do. I say we start we end at the end of the year and start fresh. And okay, that we'll do good. that. Sounds good. Yep. I, I agree Although I think Emory's in the lead, which I I'm not, I'm not a fan yeah. of right now. I think hey, speaking of comment from somebody in last place, <laughs> let's end it soon and start over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm, I I know for sure I'm definitely not in last. I can tell you who is. Me and Emory, I think, have been flip-flopping just about every week. What's stupid is I win every other draft, and I'm in last place. <laughs> you lose every other draft, too. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I, will say, I will say about this draft, your, Danny, your buddy, Charlie. Yeah, your buddy, Charlie. Yeah, I'm in last this time. He he recruited some, some people to, to vote for that. Ohio State Michigan game I chose, so that's the late surge. Was from oh, your buddy Charlie yeah, that Dykus. Sounds about right. <laughs> the one person he, uh, that I went to high school with that's on Twitter 
and he goes against <laughs> me. That, that is that is about right. <laughs> he said he he said he used his uh, he used his network is what he said. He used his network. His network. Push that a uh, push the. Uh, the yeah, I got State you three, I got you three the votes, probably. Yeah, I said it, Charlie. I said it, Charlie. <laughs> You're definitely not getting this vote this week either. Yeah. I'm not. And he's going to comment. He's going to say something to me in about an hour or two. He's going to say something to me. <laughs> Guys, we're going to stick with college basketball. Interesting interesting uh, topic uh, that happened right after Duke beat Gonzaga. We looked at the new rankings came out on Monday. And 61 AP voters vote in the poll. 60 of them voted Duke either number one or number two. And we talked about I was I was been okay with Purdue being number one, but they voted most of them voted Duke number one. One guy Jesse Newell voted Gonzaga number one still, and he had Duke at number four. Did you guys see the uh, article that I sent you that he had referenced as to why he did that? Did you guys get to see that? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. did. Uh, he, he had he referenced also, the Duke uh, Gonzaga game from three yeah, years ago with Barrett yeah, Williamson when Duke, yeah, when Duke yeah. beat or Gonzaga I think beat. He voted Duke. for he voted for Duke then, right? He did. Yeah, he kept him at, yeah. Uh, yeah. What were you gonna say? You're probably gonna say the same thing. I was. Gonna uh, say. I was gonna say the same. I was gonna say the same thing. He voted for you know a, a few years back that Duke Gonzaga game. Uh, he still voted for Duke number one in that spot. Uh, I read that he's he goes by what. Vegas, what he thinks Vegas would choose, um, yeah. which I don't. As far as rankings go, I don't. I don't know if there's any just certain criteria these guys go. Most like we talked about before, I think the AP guys just vote for what the coaches got. Coaches votes for most of the time. At least this guy, I will say this. At least this guy is kind of making it interesting. He's kind of going out on a limb and and doing something a little bit different. But I think that people, you know, the, the guys, people, teams deserve to move up in the rankings, whether. You know they're the better team or, or not? They they beat somebody. I mean, if we if we were going by who should be the best team, the Lakers m- might probably be the best should be the best team in the West, but they're definitely not. So they don't need, deserve to be number one in the power rankings. If you're going by LeBron, AD, I mean they've got two of the best players in the league. Power they should be up there in the power rankings, but they're below 500 right now. So I think a team plays their, themselves into that number one ranking, whether they have the best talent or Vegas chooses them to win or not. I think they, they deserve, but I like the, this guy's thinking outside the box and doing something different. Yeah. But you think he's thinking outside the box so he can be the, the odd man out. So people will notice him. I'm mean, here. We are talking about this guy. You guys didn't know who this guy was until Monday. Yeah. I didn't either. Oh, I'm, I'm a up. big Jesse Newell guy. I've always been a big Jesse Newell guy. <laughs> Christian's got a poster of him in his room. My, my <laughs> dad was in the air force. Jesse my dad was in the Air Force, and he was talking about Jesse Newell. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. He's like um, a butthurt Carolina fan or butthurt Kentucky fan. Kansas. He's from the Kansas City Star. He's a Kansas yeah. fan. There you go. So he does a lot of Kansas stuff. But he, he quoted, like, a Ken, the Ken Palm ranking. And that he said that, you know, those are an accurate predictor of, like, who's number one. And then Ken Pomeroy tweeted yesterday. This is the tweet. It says, uh, this will never not be weird to me about college hoops. In each of the past 45 seasons, the best team has lost at least once and usually more. Yet when the consensus best team loses a game, the next day is an outrageous opinion to think that team is still the best. So naturally, I had to chime in and I said, so if everyone believes Gonzaga is the best team in the country in the fourth week, they should be number one all year regardless of their losses, question mark. 
So is that the thinking here behind this? Is because I'm not disagreeing that Gonzaga is the best team in the country, but if you're going to rank teams based off of who's beating who, definitely you got to put Duke ahead of Gonzaga right now. Absolutely. Yeah, I would think. I, I, I do kind of agree with Emory a little bit. I, I like that he's thinking a little differently. I think it's probably too early in the season to be able to kind of use that defense there because, like you said, it's the fourth week of the season and we haven't really gotten to see a whole lot. So who's to say who the best team is? No one really has that great of a body of work right now or that large of a body of work. But, like, I, I think instantly to a game years ago, so obviously Tennessee basketball fan, and I think back to when Tennessee played Memphis, and they were one versus two. That was when Derrick Rose was at Memphis, Chris Lofton, Juwan Smith, all those guys were at Tennessee. It was a one-two matchup. Memphis was one, Tennessee was two. They played in Memphis on a Saturday. Tennessee wins. Sunday rolls around. Tennessee's number one team in the country. The very next day, they play Vandy, and they lose. <laughs> and so, and then so they're number one team for a week, and then as soon as the, the next innings came out the following week, Memphis is back to number one. So it, it kind of makes you think like, – because right I mean, I think most people had Memphis as a better team than Tennessee. They Tennessee lost, in the I think, in the, the third round of the March Madness that year. They, they definitely weren't the best overall team in the country, even though they were pretty loaded. So it's – I kind of understand a little bit. Like, it was pretty obvious at that point that Memphis was the best team in, in the country for a while there. So you knock them out of number one spot just to see another team that beat them lose and then you put them right back up there. It was like, what was the point of taking them out for a week? So I play a little devil's advocate on it. I kind of think it's a little interesting and he compared it to college football because it's obviously a smaller amount of games throughout the year. So you have to drop a team when they lose because one loss is a lot bigger deal than three, four five losses in college basketball throughout the season. But I just thought, I thought it was a little interesting for sure. I think, I think too, <clears throat> rankings are, are more for fans than anything else. Um, yeah, yeah. Unless unless you're going, you know, college football, um, when the rankings kind of mean something, and and once they get to playoff time, but I think especially for basketball, rankings are for fans. So if we're just keeping the same teams at one, two, three, one through ten the whole year, then it doesn't make it any fun. Like I think the moving yeah, around think. of teams, like you're like Tennessee, they're number one for a week. Like the excitement around Tennessee basketball, even if you know it was for you know, the, the rankings come out on Sunday and they lose the next day. You know, even for those two or three days, the excitement of being number one when Tennessee is usually not in that spot just because they're mainly traditionally a football school. I, I, it's good for college basketball, in my opinion. Coach Bauman, what do you think about all the uh, the ranking talk? Do you think that Duke got the raw end of the deal on this guy's ballot? I think it did on his ballot, but I think Emory makes a great point. You know, for college basketball, it doesn't matter. You know, it, it's uh-huh. uh, it's just window dressing because they get to decide it on the court. You know, and and to be honest, I don't think when the when the committee gets together, they really care what the AP voters think. You know, they have so many other things and formulas they use. So everybody gets a chance to decide it, and that's what I love about college basketball. What makes March Madness, you know, my favorite sports time of the year. Yeah, and it is for the fans. I agree with that, Emory. But my argument to that is if. If you're not going to go week by week and who beats who, then why do a weekly ranking at all? Yeah, because that's what I'm saying. You should should do a weekly ranking. Yeah, you you should do a weekly ranking. That's my. I mean, because it is for the fans. You you should see teams move up and down based on what they do. Yeah, Yeah, I do find it. I don't know if y'all noticed, but Gonzaga followed up. They played. You guys ever heard of Tarleton College? (laughs) Their very next game. Yeah, their very next game they played. Oh, really? 
Well, they. Yeah. Uh, I was looking up Michigan's schedule because I was going to b- fire back at Charlie uh, about something that he had said. And I was trying to find out who they played. And they actually played Tarleton. I was trying to find out who the wow. toughest game they had on their schedule was. Was yeah. it Tarleton? Tarleton. It wasn't. It was <laughs> Buffalo, I think, was the, t- the toughest, the best win they had. Yeah, they struggled uh, okay. against him, and and here's another stat for uh, for old Coach Hillard, so he can he can stay off me for for an episode here. So if if Gonzaga <laughs> did end up losing that, which they were they were only up two with about five minutes to go, it's pretty close. Ended up pulling it out by nine. <laughs> but had they have lost that game, they were thirty two point favorites. It would have been the largest Division one men's basketball upset upset in the last twenty five years had they had lost. So that'd have been pretty wild. I wonder how uh, Jesse Newell feels after after that game. Ended up sixty four fifty five. Like from Gonzaga against Tarleton? That was their final score. That's unbelievable. Uh, that's pretty crazy. They only scored uh, 64 It's unbelievable that Duke has pummeled them into submission like this. Oh, it's <laughs> unbelievable that they, that they are now just reeling. It's kind of like that. what Georgia's, Georgia does to their opponents uh, in football. They beat yeah. them, and then they then they don't win for the next three games. They can't can't get it back together. Until <laughs> they pull a Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess Ohio State will be the number one team in the country come next week, right? Is that how be. that works? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get a little bit into uh, uh, some questions for Coach Bauman. So he's, like I said, he's our guest from Alcoa High School. He coaches the girls. Uh, Coach Bauman, give us a little bit of background about how you got into coaching. How long you been doing this? You started Alcoa. Where'd you start at? I started at William Blount High School. Um, and I started off coaching boys. I was assistant coach there for four years under Mike Edwards, who's an old uh, Tennessee Vol, um, and then uh, became the head coach and was the head co- head boys coach there for eleven years at William Blunt. Um, so I spent fifteen years total there. And um, my my youngest uh, girl is is our surprise, our ten year old, and she was kind of surprised that she was our third one. And I felt like we should uh, I should step back from coaching a little bit. Uh, be more of a dad and, and help my wife out a little more home. So got out of coaching and I was able to uh, actually come back home. As I told you earlier, I'm Alcoa graduate. So I was able to uh, come back to Alcoa and uh, didn't coach at all for a few years. And then um, the opportunity came up for the, the girls job came open. And uh, of course I uh, never coached girls before. And, and, and my wife and I had a lot of long talks and she says, you know, you're, you sure you can coach girls because you yell a lot. <laughs> girls are not going to like that. I said, oh, babe, I'm fine. We got two girls. Of course, at the time, they weren't teenage girls. <laughs> they were much younger. So, sure enough, we get to the first day of practice, and uh, I get home. My wife said, how'd it go? I said, well, made my best player cry. <laughs> said, I told you. I said, but I didn't even yell. I, don't, I, mean, I, don't, I never even yelled. I don't get it. So it, it's been an adjustment. This will be um, my seventh year coaching girls, and uh, you know, that's kind of my – a little bit of my coaching background. Did you uh, did you tell your team you were going to be on today and to, and to watch this? I did not tell them because they'd make okay. fun. Well, <laughs> the, reason I was asking, the reason I was asking is because I was going to ask, did you like coaching boys or girls better? So I don't know if you want to answer that <laughs> if the girls are watching. <laughs> So I've got to, I need to share it with you so you can share. I've got, I've got this video that, that they came across Twitter, and I liked it. And I actually retweeted, so you all may have seen it. Um, but it, it said boys and girls, and I think it sums them up perfect. It's these little boys and little girls in, in some class, and they're lined up two by two, and they're, they're marching. And they're, they're obviously trying to march in order. But you start off with the little boys in the front, and they're just all out of line and just 
being little boys. They're crazy. Nobody's in step. And then it scans back to the girls, and they're just perfect, marching in order. I mean, look like they've been training in the Army for years. And it's a great summation of the difference between, you know, boys and girls. I think girls listen better. And uh, and I'll say this, and I'll tell – I had, um, you know, a couple years ago when Coach Kirk left, you know, I had the opportunity to move over and coach the boys at Alcoa. And, and I chose not to and stick with coaching girls. So, now, obviously, there's some differences, but um, – I feel like God's got me where he wants me right now, and I just enjoy what I'm doing coaching the cool girls. You've, you've, had, you've had quite a bit of success with the girls, too, so I'm sure it was would have been hard to – I mean, the boys are good now, and the boys have been good, but it would have been – I think it would have been hard to step over. Um, it would have, and at the time, you know, our program was in better shape than what the girls was, and, and, and I, I had some good young girls. And, and uh, you know, we're going to be good this year if, if we can get healthy ever at some point in time and get everybody back. And uh, should be really good next year. I've got one senior now. And I'll say this from experience. I've coached both boys and girls and played for us. Uh, Christian didn't listen for anything. So I can definitely agree <laughs> with you there. The girls do listen a little bit better. Uh, when yeah, they, they do. They do. They do. Yeah, Rucker made me cry a bunch of times too. It happens <laughs> on both sides. Both sides. <laughs> now, now I've – my, I've, I've had guys that I coached early in my career when I was a I mean, 20-something young uh, head coach, and, and I was just a raving lunatic. And, and some of those guys that coached my first couple of years, you know, they've seen me coach now, and they think I've gone soft. And, and they don't know <laughs> if I'm coaching girls or because I've been a dad. Because, I, you know, when I started, I wasn't a dad yet. And I said, it's a little bit of both, a little bit of growing up, too, and realize that acting like an idiot is not getting me anywhere either. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, how is uh, how is your team uh, weathering the early gauntlet of a schedule that you put together? You know, it, it's uh, we've probably overscheduled, and 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 again, we, we like to challenge ourselves. Like I told you guys, um, college basketball, you know, high school basketball is a tournament sport as well, and uh, we don't even have to qualify for the tournament. Everybody gets to go to play in the tournament. So, obviously, your goal is to be playing, you know, good in February. And I've never been a coach that wants to. Um, just try to rack up regular season wins. I'm not regular season Rick Barnes. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> throw a little shade at Christian's team right there. I love UT. I'm just, I, I, my assistant coach is a huge UT and a huge Rick Barnes guy. So, I tease him about that all the time. Um, but you know, we want to be good in February. And, you know, to do that, you got to play good teams. So, you know, we, we really are purposeful about trying. Coach Collins and, and Coach Kirk, when he was here, were real good about working with me on the schedule. and. You know, if we, if we uh, know a girls team in the area, we feel like it's got a chance to be a sub-state type of team or, you know, region semifinal type of team, and we try to schedule them. Because, again, uh, we may take some lumps, and, and right now with all our injuries, we are. Um, but hopefully if we can weather that storm and, and hang in there, and uh, you know, we'll be a tough team come February. Now you, you coach get it. Uh... Go ahead, Danny. I was going to say, you know, you coach it, you know, Alcoa High School, and obviously one of the best football teams <laughs> – in, in the state, definitely in their class, but one of the best overall football teams in the state. Uh, how, what's what's the vibe like just in other sports? I know you guys are really good in basketball, good in other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's the vibe like just being at Alcoa and just coaching in that culture? What's that like? And, and going, let me add, going for state championship number 20 this Friday. Yeah. Um, you know, it's pretty the, impressive. Here's, here's the best thing about it. Yes, we're, we're proud of the football team. And, you know, Emory knows that my son just graduated last year and played four years and got to experience four state championships. And uh, So I'm a huge fan of the football team. But 
And our coaches do it right. They do a great job. And, and there's a lot of pride in the Alcor community. Um, you know, I loved my time at William Blunt, and, and they were great to me for 15 years. But, you know, Alcor is truly a community school. And if you've ever been there, you know, you can see we've got four schools. We've got our elementary, our intermediate, middle school, and high school. And, and they're all right there. I can walk to the end of my hallway, look out the window, and I can see the other three schools. I mean, so they're all right there. You know, the whole school system's getting out Friday for the state championship. And, uh, you know, I tell my girls all the time, you know, sports are important at Alcor. Not, yeah, football football is, is the one out front and the one everybody sees and what we're most known for and recognized for. But, you know, there's been state championships in, in soccer recently. There's been state championships in golf recently. You know, the boys' basketball team has been, been a minute, but they've got a couple of state championships. Um, you know, there's a lot. They went, of, Coach Kirk t- took him to state like a few years back, right? Yeah, I mean, yep. they've been to state a number of two state championships, and have been you know probably over twenty times. You've you've been to the state I tournament? State. I, I did. We went to the state tournament a couple of years ago. Um, so, you know, sports are important at Alcoa. And you know, for example, you know, <laughs> tomorrow, um, football teams leaving early Friday morning, but tomorrow they have what they call their send off, and that's where the uh, they get in the bus and they go down to all the schools and, and you know, the middle school kids, they're kind of excited about it. But you go to the intermediate school and the elementary school and those kids are lined up outside cheering, high-fiving like those guys are NFL players. That's because they think candy's coming because usually when they do parades, they think candy's coming <laughs> off those things. They do. That's why they're excited. <laughs> they're there to read it, to, to, to cheer for them and, and send them off. And that's a tradition that, you know, my senior year at Alcoa, we went to state and basketball and we got to do that. As a 17, 18-year-old, hearing those kids yell and holler, I mean, it was it was a pretty special thing. That is, that's pretty awesome. Um, Coach Ballman, what um, – what – who's – one question I wanted to ask you, I've never really – we talk all the time, I've never asked you this, but who who's your biggest influence as a coach? Like, who's – you know, who's maybe somebody we don't know or, or somebody like, and, and what, what was that influence like? Um, um, how, how did that, how did they mold you as a coach or as a person or, or however you want to? Know, one of them you may know, uh, one of them I'm sure you don't, it just show my age a little bit, but um, I, I got, there's, there's two alcohol legends, you know, coaching wise, basketball coaching wise, and that's uh, David Marsh, who, who won a state championship at alcohol as a player, and then, was actually runner-up as a coach and made it to and then probably a dozen times of the state tournament as a coach. Um, and then Vernon Osborne, who at the time he retired, was the second winningest coach in the state of Tennessee. And he was the one that won two state championships. And, and I had the privilege of playing for both of them. It was my – Coach O fell off a barn. Coach Osborne fell off a barn when, when he was uh, – I was a junior, midway through my junior year, and that's when he had to quit. And that's when Coach Marsh took over. So – the middle school court, which is my – the old high school court when I played <coughs> after Coach Osborne. The high school court, which we play on now, is, is named after Coach Marsh. So, you know, I had the opportunity to play for both of those guys. And, and you know, they, both of them preach defense, and that's something, uh, you know, I try to take pride in with our team. We, we always try to compete and play hard and defend, and that's something I got from them as, as a player and, and just watching them – as I became a coach and how they did things. Um, so those are the two that probably molded me the most coaching wise. Is there, is there anyone that's uh, that you 
maybe don't know that you look up to like a, I mean, obviously a coach K, but anybody else outside of, we know coach K cause you're a Duke guy, but is there anybody yeah. else that you kind of steal stuff from or, Everybody or anything like that? Everybody you can. Yeah. Yeah, I can. I've always said, I feel like one of the best things I do as a coach is, is I can, I'm a good copycat. Yeah. I'm not an innovator. I'm definitely not an innovative coach and, and try to take something from people I can. Um, you know, Jody Wright is obviously someone I look up to a lot in, in, in East Tennessee, well-known name. Uh, Jody was actually, when I was playing at Alcoa, was, was, was when he was starting off at Fulton High School. So that tells you how long he's been there coaching. Um, you know, Ricky Norris right now is, is another buddy of mine that I just bounced a lot of ideas off. Um, you know, from, from a college standpoint, um, you know, obviously Coach K and studying him, but I wouldn't say any of my teams have ever played like Duke plays uh, yeah. or that style. But, um, you know, I do try to be a, a pretty good copycat if I can. Uh, Coach Bauman, uh, best athletes you've seen at Alcoa. It doesn't have to be girls basketball, but who's some of the stand- some of the athletes that stood out to you since you've been um, there? Not Not just athletically, but just overall. Yeah, so – in my time, from the time when I was in school till till now, you know, so some of those some of those years, these were guys I coached against actually when I was at William Blunt. Um, and and uh, I got one girl. I, I'd be remiss not to mention her. Dawn Marsh is, is is the greatest girls basketball player has been at Alcoa High School. Um, I was in middle school when she played. And uh, if you haven't heard the name Dawn Marsh, if you look up the UT record, Bert, Christian, you're, you're the stat guy. I'm pretty <laughs> sure she still holds the record for the Lady Vols for most assists in a career. I do know she broke Holly Warley's record. So she went on to, U- to UT and played for Pat Summit and at one point in time was the all-time assist leader at, at UT. So Dawn Marsh would be the first one I mentioned. Um, guy named Shannon Mitchell, who's actually a good friend of mine I played with, um, Graduated with Shannon in 1990. He went on to Georgia Emory. Hey, if you look up Shannon Mitchell, Sorry, I'm pretty man. sure he still holds the um, the Georgia single game receptions record. He was a tight end there, and one year against Florida, he had like 16 catches. Dang, it, it was for maybe 100 yards. <laughs> they were all. Still- <laughs> he had, I think, he holds a single game reception record still at Georgia. That'd be something else to look up. Say, hey, smart guy going to Georgia. Smart guy. He is. And Shannon, <laughs> listen, Shannon, he and I had English class together his junior year, and he got letters from everybody in the country. I mean, we that, we're lucky we passed English because that's all we did was – that was before the internet and everything, so we had to fill them out, handwrite them. <laughs> um, but Shannon went on to play for the San Diego Chargers and actually played in the Super Bowl. Dang. Um, Lester Witted, nobody will know that name because he didn't – but he's the best athlete probably has been through Alcoa. And Lester just passed away – Last year, but football and basketball played. Played one year of football, had offers from every SEC school as a junior. Um, was being recruited by all kinds of power five people in basketball and just couldn't get his grades. Didn't even play a senior year because of grades. But Dang. Lester was a phenomenal athlete. Um, Brandon Warren, most of you, some of you may know that name. Brandon Warren was, was a great player, went to Florida State, came to UT. Um, if you ever saw Brandon Warren play in high school, it was just incredible. And uh, obviously Randall Cobb, and uh, I'll just say this about Randall. Randall, honestly, I've probably seen 10, 10 better athletes come through Alco High School than what Randall Cobb was. But 
Randall Cobb, and this is a lesson for your, your, your players you all are coaching, Randall Cobb's character, Randall Cobb's work ethic are the two reasons he's the success that he is. Because he, you know, there's been better athletes at Alcoa than Randall Cobb, but, but not many that have had the success that he's had and the, the pro career that he's had. And that's he's probably, been, I mean, he's probably the most well-known athlete from Alcoa, yeah, I would say. No, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. Certainly he is. And then my last one is, is my man Travis Stinnett. And uh, he's the all-time leading scorer for Alcoa High School boys. Um, Travis actually went to Alabama, signed with Alabama out of high school. And his hip got a hip injury early his freshman year and was just never the same. Had multiple surgeries and would have loved to see what he could have done at the SEC level, but was just never healthy enough to do that. Uh, Travis actually has a daughter the same age as my youngest and is going to be an absolute stud in basketball. That's that's pretty awesome. Uh, one thing uh, that kind of leading into the Randall Cobb with his with his character and uh, work ethic. Um, <clears throat> what do you, if you had perfect perfect player, perfect girls basketball player, outside not talking about out skill level, mm-hmm. um, shot making ability. Obviously, you want all those things. What are the intangibles that you would want for what? An Alcoa girls basketball player to have mentally tough. That that that's the number one characteristic. If I because you're going to yell at him, right? Well, <laughs> I, I need. To, I'm going to coach him hard. I'm going to yeah. love him hard, and I'm going to coach him hard. And, and they know that. And 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 I, I'm a big believer that if they know you love them and care about them, that you can coach them hard. And and I've tried to do that over the years. Um, but mentally tough, you know, because you know basketball, like life, you're going to have adversity. You know, things, absolutely. Things bad are going to happen to you. There's going to be things happen on the court you, that are outside your control. You can't control every call. You know, uh, you can't control every time, every game out, how well you shoot it. You know, can't control sometimes how the ball bounces. Um, so there's going to be adversity that hits, you know, and how do you respond to that? So if you're mentally tough, you know, we, we can work with you. And and I've always told kids this, if you think you're tough, you are. You know, if you, if yeah. you think you're tough, you're, you're tough. Um, and, and that starts with mental toughness. Uh, Coach, I've got one question for you. Most most of these were already kind of covered. They've they've asked you, but I'm curious. You you've had a long coaching career. It looks like did you coach about 11 years at, at William Blunt? Is that right? 10 or 11 years? 11 yeah. Years and you, okay, and you've been out about six years. Is that right? Yeah, this is my seventh. Okay, so you've had quite a long tenure uh, in general on coaching. I'm curious what what one game or one moment you're most proud of when you look back as a coach or one that stands out. It doesn't even have to be necessarily on the court. It could be off the court, whatever. Yeah. One thing when you look back to that you think of, you're like, man, this is this this is all worth it because of this. Yeah. This, this um, well, a lot of stuff off the court. Uh, my, my favorite thing right now in, in the season of life that I'm in is is watching a lot of the, the guys that I coach at William Blunt grow up and be dads, you know, because a lot of them are husbands yeah. and dads now. And, and I tell them, I say, that makes me as proud as, as anything, is seeing the dad that you're becoming. And uh, that means a lot to me, and and uh, I really enjoy that. You know, on the court, uh, probably the best moment. Um, you all, I'm sure you all are familiar with Lee Humphrey, played at Maryville High School, and then won yep. two national titles at Florida. Um, so Lee's junior year, um, Maryville has absolutely throttled us twice during the regular season. Beat us by 30. Lee lit us up. You know, everybody else that played for him lit us up. I mean, they just destroyed us. And, you know, we get to the region finals, and it's actually – I'm sorry, region semifinals. And, and that region semi is always the game of the year, you know, because that's that, that that's the elimination game. 
you know, you make it to that game and you're going to substate. And, you know, you get to substate and you got a chance. Um, but that's always a huge game and a lot, uh, big high pressure game. So we're playing Maryville at our place after getting beat by 30 twice. Lee lit us up for 30 probably both games. And uh, we had practiced for a whole week, you know, boxing one. Uh, did a little bit different. We trapped out of it and uh, held the lead of four points and ended up beating them in the regional semis mm. on our court. And it was just wow. – it was packed house. It was unbelievable environment. I mean, it was something else. So that would be one of the best on-the-court wins and, and experiences. That's pretty awesome. He's awesome, a busy yeah. stud. Yeah. And, and, and I'll say this about Lee. This is <clears> his character. If you ever – I don't know if any of you ever had the chance to meet Lee, an amazing kid, amazing young man. And and he comes up, you, you'd think he'd just be distraught and destroyed. And, and man, when he shook our hands, I mean, he just seemed generally happy that we won, happy for us. Congratulations, wow. Coach. Good job. Good luck to you. And that has always stood out to me. And I've been a Lee Humphrey fan ever since just because of how he handled that and, and the way he was afterwards. Danny, Danny would have been complaining about the refs going through the line. This is bull crap. This bull crap. <laughs> this bull crap. <laughs> I, 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 I can't um, say I'm proud of all my reactions after all the games I've, I've coached over the years. You're pretty, you're pretty fiery. I'll say that. Uh, um, I got, I got one more question for you. Uh, Danny may have one. Uh, uh, you had a close game with the Lady Tigers last uh, last year in the region tournament. What do you what do you think about that game? Got out coached bad. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just got out coached badly. <laughs> they played the zone. We we couldn't we couldn't hit shots. Um, you know we couldn't stop them. We just uh, we didn't play well. You know we didn't, didn't play well. Didn't coach well. We were lucky to get out of there. <laughs> I coached that game, by the way. If any of you listeners out there don't know, yeah, we, we know Emory. everyone can tell Emory. We all know. <laughs> he did. I was. I will say this. I'm. I think I'm zero two against Coach Ballman. And uh, the first game, he was in a region tournament, and he thumped us pretty good. So he he stumped me once, and uh, we, we, we shot it well. If yeah, remember, we, we shot it well that game. Yeah, yep. Second game, he should have thumped us too. If you you just didn't shoot it well. Exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, well, I actually don't have any other questions uh, for Coach Ballman, but Coach Ballman had a good draft idea. We, we usually uh, we make our draft topic, we do some research, and then we you know figure out our picks. Coach Ballman said, why don't we do this? Why don't we see how much you know? And we're just going to make a topic on the spot. We're just going to draft based off that and no research. And at first I was like, I don't really want to do that because – I already can't draft for when I have research. <laughs> so now we're going to go straight with no research here. Yeah. Just go straight draft. So coach, coach Bob, well, I think we're okay. I'm okay with letting him pick the topic here. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. He's probably he's thought about this all week though. So yeah. he's going to yeah. have a leg up. I'll give you but some he does have last pick in the draft. So I, I knew you'd be a skeptic, Emory. So I'll give you some <laughs> options and let you all decide what we do. Okay. And, and, and again, I, I've been listening to y'all from the start, and I love I love your show, and and I've been trying to promote it best I can. Um, but one thing I've noticed every time I listen, as you all are drafting, I hear you saying, "Well, that was on my list. That one's not on my list." You've always got these lists, you know. So <laughs> it tells me you're researching, you're googling, you know, you're you're doing something. So I just wanted to get some straight sports knowledge from you with the sports topic. And all so right. let me throw out some some possibilities. You guys see what you like. Or even if you come up with something, but 
I'll be um, honest, I didn't think of a single topic this week because I didn't. I love I loved your SEC draft when you drafted yeah. an SEC basketball team. You know, I thought, well, maybe, you know, Emory's a big North Carolina guy. Danny's a big. Uh, there you go, ACC. I thought we could do ACC, but that's going to be an automatic. That's going to be like the Chuck Norris draft. Whoever gets <laughs> Michael Jordan's winning that draft. Yeah. Which, well, that's going yeah. to be hard. Whoever to gets JJ Reddick is winning that draft. Hey, that's your competition right there. That's the old man in the threes. That's your podcast. <laughs> yeah, hey, I like competition. his podcast. He does a good job. <laughs> yeah, he he's, does on, he's been on job. ESPN here lately, <laughs> yeah, firing yeah. at Stephen A. I love it. I love what yeah. he's doing. He's, yeah, he's good. Um, so I thought about that. Then I was thinking, what about a, a non-power five conference basketball team? Oh gosh, but there's that'd a, be there's, tough. There's a chance. That'd be tough. So you can do yeah. Big Ten. Yeah. You can't do. You can't do ACC. You can't do. You know whatever the the Kansas is now the Big Twelve. Yeah. Um. There's an option. Can't do Pac Ten, Pac Twelve, whatever they are. That'd, That'd be tough. That'd be tough. I can think of CJ McCall and Damian Lillard, and that's about it right now. That's all I can think you of. Know, <laughs> all we could do as a girls basketball coach, we could do all time greatest girls basketball team draft. I don't know if y'all know any sure. girls basketball, That'd be tough basketball players over the years. And then I thought being a high Tennessee high school thing, maybe we could do a Mount Rushmore of Tennessee high school athletes. Dang. Now, that's it, huge. that's putting me at a disadvantage from being from Georgia. Be, <laughs> it can't be Peyton Manning, obviously. Peyton Manning didn't put, go to high school here in Tennessee. Yeah. So somebody that played high school in whatever sport, it could be any sport, high school athletes. So there's some I kind of like, I kind of like the ACC or the uh, non power yeah. five, one of those two. Whew. I'm fine with this. We just go we can just go ACC. I, 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 yeah. So who's I think, the first? I, I, think, I think ACC off the cuff would be. Do we throw out Michael Jordan? I mean, no, I'd you keep him in there because I, I picked Shaq. So Jordan I mean, now. if you do ACC, you got to throw Michael out. I feel like you throw Michael him out. Yeah, I, I, throw I think so. And, and last, listen, y'all aren't old enough to know this, Emory. You probably don't even know this, but if we do, we do the caveat that. You, you're drafting Michael Jordan, the college player, because Dean Smith's the only guy that ever held Michael Jordan down. Yeah, but <laughs> he won a national championship with him. Right, but, I, I, I he won a championship with James Worthy. Yeah, Michael he Jordan hit the shot. About seventeen. Dean's the only one who could contain Michael. Hey, I don't think our, I don't think our, uh, I don't think our voters uh, could could take that in consideration. I think they'll just see Michael Jordan and yeah, exactly. click click click. Automatic. Well, that's the Chuck Norris. Yeah. Like uh, are we gonna do ACC? I'm, we're gonna do ACC. Yep. I don't want to see anybody's researching over there. I can see your screens, Emory. When you're on something, you, your screen lights up, <laughs> and you're on a different screen. I can tell. You guys don't want to do the power, the non-power five. I thought that was a cool one. It is. Rucker, a cool said, one, he can't, Rucker said he can't come up with enough guys. I don't I think can. I could either. Oh, that'd be that'd tough. Be that'd be really tough. That'd be really tough. I mean, I could think of a bunch of Gonzaga guys here recently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the two I mentioned. Not many. I'd have to do research on that one. That's a good one for another time with research. With research. research. There's three. There's three good ones that I've got that are non-power five that are non-D1 too. What people you play with at Tusculum? No, no, no. Dennis Rodman, Dennis Rodman, Scottie Pippen, Big Ben Wallace. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, we can go. Listen, in, but... Emory, I yeah, didn't play basketball. Right. Walter State, you can't draft me. Okay, I, I, just, I, just, I, just, I just went to Walter State for school, education only. No, no basketball. Yeah, 
Emory, you don't like the Mount Rushmore of Tennessee high school athletes either. It'd be it'd be hard for us because I went I was I went to high school in Georgia, so it'd be hard for me to do that one. I, I would come in last, but that's why I don't want to do it. Well, that's every other draft, isn't it? No, I'm a big – I'm a middle-of-the-road guy. He's, a, a, second, he's a second-place guy. Yeah, he's a second-place guy. Well, let's do all ACC. I see all, all ACC. ACC. Throw out, yeah. throw out Michael so we, each get, we each get three picks, then Christian will go first. I'll go second, Emory third, Bauman fourth, and we snake back Bauman fifth, Emory sixth. Y'all ready? So we're just going three guys? Yeah, because we usually do about 12 picks. Yeah, all right. That's works. So three guys. So, Christian, you go first. All right, and just just to clarify, Michael Jordan is not on the table, correct? Until it gets to me, then I get to pick him. (laughs) (laughs) All right, first pick. Uh, I'm gonna have to go. This is this is probably I I don't. I'm obviously not a fan of any team in the ACC, but and I've never liked Duke, never will. But this guy, (laughs) this guy, after his thirty for thirty, made me absolutely fall in love with him. I mean, I could watch. That is literally. My favorite thirty for thirty. I'm glad you mentioned earlier. I'm going to go with Christian Leitner. Yeah, everybody like hates Christian Leitner, the greatest I, NCAA tournament player ever. Yeah, I, mean, I like I, the first three. Uh, the first three words of that title. I hate Christian. Really like <laughs> that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Great shirt for stealing that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, that is one of my favorite thirty for thirties too. I remember I started watching that for the first time when it first came out, and I remember thinking, oh, man, I can't wait. I, I hate Christian Later too. He played for Duke. <laughs> and then 15 minutes in, I was like, I love man, him. How much, I love how, him. How much Leitner jerseys? I got to look on, I gotta go on Amazon and get me a Leitner jersey. Like, this dude's awesome. That was great. That was such a good one. All right, so second pick, I'm actually going to go uh, Ralph Sampson on this. Virginia. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to go – I hope this one counts because they're no longer in the ACC, but they were at the time, Lynn Bias. That counts. That counts. Okay, yeah. all right. That's yeah, it. They played in the ACC, that counts. All right. You just completely took my pick. <laughs> I, did you see him when he, he went all the way back on the couch like, yeah, my, my I've, I've also listened to about six – well, three – there's six – there's a six-episode uh, – uh, podcasts about Lynn Bias. I've listened to three of them in the last uh, two weeks. So that's, that's, that's I'm going to tell you now. I'm going to vote for you. I'm voting hey, for you. I, I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate it. So here's my quick Lynn Bias story. I, I was in, I told you my dad's in the Air Force. We were living in Virginia at the time when Lynn Bias, just outside of DC, because my dad was stationed in DC, when Lynn Bias was his last year at Maryland. So obviously their games were on TV all the time. And I was in eighth grade and absolutely loved watching him. And, and that was probably one of the, the – it was the first you know, sports death that hit me hard when Lynn Bias died because he was a stud and he was about to be the next Michael Jordan. He was awesome. Great pick, great pick. <coughs> Solid. <clears throat> All right, I got two. You got two, yep. Yep, back to back. You got two. All right, I'm going to go with Tim Duncan. Solid pick. With one and number two, gosh, you just—I'm shook now. I'm shook. <laughs> you didn't think us young bucks, one of us young bucks, were going to pick him? I really hey, did. You can stick I, with Maryland and go DJ listen, Strawberry if you want to. Do that. Listen, that's I, not going to happen. Man, listen, I, I will not take the Maryland player Butlin bias. <laughs> Steve Blake, come on, you got to like Steve Blake. 
I remember. Listen, I've, I've got one of my, <laughs> I've got one of my buddies literally texting me trying to help me out with picks right now. Yeah, I have one. Don't look at that. Don't look at that. That's cheating. Hey, shout out, shout out, Adam. I won't give you his last name. Griffin, he works out in the morning. I'm gonna have to talk to him. Oh yeah, you guys do know him. For you, y'all know him. can go go back to back Wake Forest and take the point guard. Oh, I was, you just stole was, my, my I pick. was debating on that one, too. Oh, man. I'll go back-to-back Wake Forest, t- Tim Duncan, and point guard Chris Paul. Pretty good. All right, I'm going to go with uh, – man, I've got I've to pick a Carolina guy. Like, I'm a Carolina guy. I've got to pick a Carolina guy. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to go James Worthy. Solid. James Worthy. <clears throat> I'm, go right, I'm a Duke guy. I'm gonna pick. I'm going JJ, man. JJ was the best shooter that I've yeah, ever seen in college. Also, Jody Lowe. I'm on Twitter here. I can see comments, and Jody's just ripping out. He said Alcoa's loaded. Then he's he's ripping. <laughs> he's ripping. He's ripping out. Just when we said a uh, non-power five, he started going Adam Morrison, Jimmer Fredette. He's just ripping out all these. Listen, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I would have absolutely killed you, non-power five. Yeah, yeah, I probably would have. Probably Bill, would have. Bill Russell. Oh gosh, yeah. Bill Russell, Oscar yeah. Robinson. I named three good ones. Right, Larry Bird. Yeah, well, Larry. He wasn't bad. Emory Kane, Tusculum. Yeah, <laughs> I think I had 13 points in college. So. <laughs> 13 more than Christian. Yeah. <laughs> 13 more than me. <laughs> Although I did play, I did play intramural basketball at Tennessee, so I did have some points in that in that league. Christian's still researching. He's looking at some. He's still looking. looking some. He's looking. He's looking. Hey, Get your hands up. I'm writing. I'm writing some. I'm writing some names down. I'm crossing off everything y'all picked. I had to write some names. Jot some names down. All right, Christian, you got next. Two uh, I've got. Back, I've got back to back. Right. I'm not, yep. Yeah. I don't even have any more time to research. You so. know. All right, uh, uh, man. I'm gonna go. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's still the leading scorer all time in ACC history. I think more recent. So I'm gonna go with Tyler Hansbro. God, I was gonna go Hansbro and steal it from Emory. I, I was gonna yeah. be my last pick. Say that, Danny. What's that? I can't believe you'd say you were gonna take. Hey, him listen, back. I hate Carolina, but <laughs> I liked watching Tyler Hansbro play. He was Tyler he was Hansbro an animal. Was my favorite Carolina dude the last few years. He was an he's underrated. The way he played, I told you, he played so hard. Be my, be my top, top quality of the player, and he had that. There's, a, I've only ever liked one Duke player, and uh, I'm not going to pick him, but I'll, I'll tell you at the end who I liked. Because I, I don't think any of you guys will pick him, but he might be my favorite. I may pick him, but probably not. Yeah. All right, and then I, we're just doing three, right? His last pick. Yeah. Last yep. pick for you. All right. I've got a pick. I think I, I would – if if I were voting, I'd probably pick, but I don't know that the people are even going to know who it is. So, I'm going to bypass that one, even though I'm pretty sure it's going to get taken here in a second. I'm also not even 100% sure I got his first name right. I know his last name, but I'm pretty sure y'all are going to pick him here in a second. But instead, I'm going to go with Grant Hill. Someone I was going to pick. <laughs> I hate Christian Brett. That's the new 30 for 30. Hosted by 30 for 30. Thanks, 30 for 30. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
So now I've been racking like, am I going to pick now? Because I was going to go. I had, um, I literally had Hansborough and Grant Hill as my next next two. Listen, there, there's a huge guy on this list, but I don't know that our our listener. I, I I'm literally blanking on his first name. I'm pretty sure, but I, I don't want to give it away to you. But if, if I you guys could don't go pick, another Duke guy. He didn't really have a great not a, pro not a Duke career. Where do you play? I can't tell you that. <laughs> Georgia Tech. Did you play at Georgia Tech? Nope. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Bauman knows exactly what we're talking. What I'm talking about. I'm not going to give any hints to Rucker. You're on the clock. Go. I'm thinking. I, I'm probably going to go with another Duke guy. I'm going to go Shane Battier. Oh, that's my dude. That's my favorite, Emily. That's my all-time Funny, favorite. Your all-time Funny favorite. Story. I actually met Shane Battier in his rookie year. At Memphis, he was he's for the Grizzlies, and I went to I went to Memphis my first two years of college. I don't want to say my freshman and sophomore years because I didn't do well. But my first two years of college, <laughs> I met I saw him. He was in a he was in a Kroger with his girlfriend. He's about six, he's six eight, and his girlfriend's about five two. But of course, being a Duke fan, I know who he is. So I see him, and it's around Halloween time, and he's got like these fake teeth in. He's walking around the store with these fake teeth, like from a costume. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was um, right around that time. So I finally walked up to him and I said, Hey, man, I, hey, I know who you are. I watched Duke, loved it. He took his teeth out literally and said, Hey, hey man, I appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you talking to me. Like, just for about a minute, probably one of the greatest, probably the greatest moment of my life outside of marrying my wife <laughs> and uh, having the girls. Well, and, and <laughs> probably, probably top three. Uh, meeting Shane Battier. Is, is, is Shane Battier the best defensive guy on our list so far? Mm. Uh, well, Grant Hill. Uh, Leitner was a pretty good def- defender. Mm, come on now. I like eh, that. <laughs> when he needed to be. He was just a winner. Yeah. Uh, Emery, next pick for you. So I have Lynn Bias. Who else do I have? James Worthy. James Worthy. Two pretty good picks right there. Um, man, I, there's, a, there's a Duke guy I'm thinking of. There's a, there's a Georgia Tech guy I'm thinking of. There's actually two Duke guys I'm thinking of. As far as ACC careers go, <clears throat> I'm going to go Trajan Langdon. But that probably loses me this draft because a lot of people probably don't. He didn't have a great NBA career. You're gone with the Georgia Tech guy if you're thinking yeah. of Yeah, Elton Brand was better than Langdon. He was on those teams. But you already picked, so it can't go back. Yeah, it can't go back. <laughs> the uh, other guy I like, was singing. I like Langdon. Yeah, uh, he had a – but Elton Brand only played two years, so. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hey, hey, Rucker, hey, Rucker, we've got a comment on the ground now. They're they're coming in here, and uh, one of your former players, Peyton Presley, he, he asked – he said, did it – he said, did it take you like eight years to get your undergrad, Rucker? <laughs> no. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. <laughs> So, so I'm going to wrap also, it up. They also called me. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you're good. You're good. <laughs> I'm going to wrap it up. I, I wanted to go with this guy. I'll, I'll tell you who I wanted to go. It's not my pick. But I I think this will age me and not many people know. But David Thompson. I had actually toyed with that. That's, 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 who that's who I've been talking about. That, that was a tremendous player. But I'm going to have to stick with my Duke love and go with one of the most heartbreaking Duke players because his pro career is cut short, and I think he was about to be awesome. But my man Jay Williams in college, 
was as good as they good as they came. And, and we, we talked got, about Rucker talked about the uh, the ten point comeback uh, against Maryland. Steve, the Maryland Steve Blake, well, Steve Blake fouled out, and uh, mm-hmm. they had no ball handlers left. Yeah, they absolutely destroyed in the last minute. My favorite Duke, my favorite Duke player, Steve Wojciechowski. Wojo. Yeah. I, I, I like Wojo. I got to meet Coach Wojo. You know, he's he was the post coach when he was at Duke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was. <clears throat> but I got to meet him at a coaching – went to a Duke coaching clinic. I actually got to meet Coach K, my quick Coach K story. I met with my buddy, uh, Matt Fowler, who was the girls coach at William Blunt at the time. We go to the coaching clinic. And it's getting done. And, of course, I'd been to the Duke bookshop and had all kinds of Duke souvenirs, including an autographed ball that I had had my eyes on getting at. And he's wrapping up the clinic, and Coach K goes, I've got an hour to sign autographs, and I'm going to be down in the media room. He said, I've got to meet with a recruit soon. So I just jumped out of my seat, and I told Matt, I'm gone. So I went and got <laughs> in line, and the line's already huge. And I'm sitting there watching my clock, watching my – maybe even 30 minutes, but whatever. I'm watching on the time, and I kept looking – and we're getting close. We're getting to those media room doors. And I think, man, they're about to, if they close this door, man, I'm going to throw a fit like a little kid. <laughs> and I'm not kidding you. I just got in the door and two people <coughs> they shut it. But I got oh, to go in, meet Coach K. And of course, I'm nervous and I give him the ball to sign. And he, he asked where I'm from. And, and, and uh, I said something. He said, uh, he goes, that, that's, that's up in New Jersey. I said, no, sir. No, sir. He goes, no, I know. I could tell by your accent. It was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds like, sounds like a jerk. Sounds like a jerk. <laughs> He's not. All right. Christian has Christian Leitner, Tyler Hansbrook, Grant Hill. Christian, those are some good picks, man. Good picks. Yeah, I feel pretty good about those. Uh, I had Ralph Sampson, JJ Reddick, Shane Battier, Emery, Lynn Bias, James Worthy, Trajan Langdon, Bauman. Uh, Tim Duncan, Chris Paul, Jay Williams. So, uh, pretty good on the spot there, guys. Not too bad. I like the David Thompson, too. Uh, some I left off my list. Just kidding. I didn't make any lists. So. <laughs> <laughs> no list today. No list today. No list today. Impressed with, your, impressed with your off-the-cuff picks. You guys did well. I shook I shook Coach Baldwin with the Lynn Bias pick. Shook him. I did shake him. Yeah. That, that tr- shook Christian me. shook me with Hansborough and Hill. I could have. <laughs> I swear, man. Is that is that legitimately the two picks you had ready to go? Yes. Ready to fire? As soon you as, like, as, soon as you're I said like, JJ, get one. <laughs> as soon as I said JJ, I had Hansborough and Hill in my head, and I was like, okay, he's going to pick one. Even if he picks one, I got the other one. And then I forgot you had two picks until you picked Grant Hill, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did want JJ Reddick. So if it makes you funny better, you kind of. I was ready to pick that too if you didn't pick it. So, all right. So we're gonna post that on Twitter. See if uh, Coach Bauman can beat us because Cody beat us last time when he did this. But yeah, he did. Uh, hopefully we can. Burger fries is winner. Yeah, the burger burger fries won it. Yeah. All right. So guys, we got two two segments left here. We got the big game sponsored by Tennessee Cider Company. We got Georgia and Alabama SEC Championship. We already know. I got, who, I got one thing with. to say. Before. I got one thing to say. North Carolina is up 15 on Michigan. North Carolina. Well, I did pick. I picked Carolina. Yeah. I did pick. Did you pick them, Christian? Oh yeah, I think we all picked them. I think we yeah. did. All right, sorry. Back to the big game. Big game. Georgia and Alabama on Saturday. Uh, so uh, Emory, 
how you see this one shaking out. Not how you hope <laughs> it's shaking out, how you see it shaking out. How do I see it shaking out? I think uh, I think Georgia's defense is too good. Um, I know Coach Bauman, we had a little Twitter war there about Stetson Bennett, um, which I would yeah, think as much as, as much as Coach Bauman's talked about mentally tough on here, I would, I would feel like he'd be a Stetson Bennett fan. Like, you got to love the story. Mentally tough, fighting through. He was a walk-on, went to JUCO, back at Georgia, won the starting spot. You know, I, I figured I figured he'd be a I figured he'd be a uh, Stetson Bennett fan by the by the way that he talks about how he loves mentally tough players. But I think Georgia's defense is is too good. I, I don't want to speak it into uh, you know I don't want to we every time we pick something uh, it it goes the opposite way. Um, I think Georgia wins the game. Um, it's going to be really close. Saban always has something up his sleeve. Um, the line is at six and a half and it hasn't moved. Like usually by now it's moved one yeah. way or the other, but it has not moved at all. So that means there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people, um, it's pretty even betting on both sides. So, um, uh, I, I, I think that the tell of the game is going to be is can Georgia's defense stop, uh, Bryce Young in the passing attack? Cause I just don't think Alabama's run offense is the same as it normally is. Um, so if Georgia's defense can stop, that passing game, I think they're um, they'll, they'll win the game. See, I was kind of thinking that that it was going to be can Alabama's line stop Georgia? Alabama has allowed thirty five sacks this year, which is one hundred eighth in Division One, and Georgia's got too good of a rush defense. Are they going to be able to stop Georgia's front seven? I hope not. I don't <laughs> think they are. Yeah, nah. I've got Georgia by ten. Yeah, this is uh, it's interesting. So this is only the sixth time since 2008 that Bama has been an underdog under Nick Saban. Only the sixth time since 2008. But pretty crazy. He's That's only pretty crazy. lost one of those, right? He's he's lost two. So he, he's two won those. four of the last five, but he's lost two overall. One <laughs> of them was – but a lot of those were like four out of the six are from like 2008 and 2009. So yeah. basically two times in the last, whatever, 11 years that, that he's been an underdog. And he's only lost one of those games, so that's pretty interesting to know. Uh, I my my notes on it is basically it's it's Georgia's game to lose. It's it's basically they just got to play a full game. I feel like they they should have won the game a few years ago, and they just didn't play a full game. They played a great first half, and then they just they didn't finish. So I, I think this is a good test for Kirby. If he if he wins this, I mean it's for him it's his chance to go you know, play in the college football playoff with probably not having to worry about Bama again. If he loses. It's uh, it's it's that's bad. That's gonna be really bad almost, on, his, on his reputation. I almost feel like they don't have much pressure because I, I think they're in win or lose. I think if they lose, they go to fourth or, or third or fourth. I don't think yeah, there's much pressure. I think I that feel, helps I feel like them. they're in. Yeah, I think that's I going think, to help them play with no pressure there. I think they're in for sure, no matter what. But I I, I don't think they would be in a great mindset. I mean, it, it, hopefully there's you know they're 65 deep, mentally tough. But if they were to lose, I mean. I I'd, I would not bet on them going into the college football playoff. I'd say they'd they'd be pretty shook, and they'd probably I mean they'd probably be a four C at that point. But I, I do think they win. I think they're going to win. I think they're uh, I do think they're going to cover. I think they're going to win by seven, so they're going to barely cover. But I do think they win and cover. They just got to play a full game. That's basically it's their game to lose. I'm I'm getting my open up my DraftKings account. About to put money on Bama now. <laughs> Probably a good move. Rucker and Britt put uh, said Georgia's covering. We're fading them. I just bet Bama big. Yeah, he's. We've made him a rich man, Rucker. He's been against. He's been against us since week one. It's, it works in both ways. 
Here, here, and I hope he's listening. This needs to be your new segment. Is Cody Lowe's lock of the week? Yeah, is what you need. I, to hey, do. I agree. I, I legit. Even though, was, we, we even though his that. picks, even though his picks weren't very good last the last time he was on, that will increase. But he wasn't putting money on it. That's money true. On it, That's true. Yeah. That will increase your listenership if people know they've got free money just by listening. <laughs> that might not be a bad segment to add. So Cody Lowe's yeah. lock of the week. Uh, yeah, I reached out to Cody to see if he would want to just do a show with just me and him. It's just these two guys. We, we got, got the copyright. But right, your contract, your contract's up in January. <laughs> no, he, he offered to pay it out with all those winnings he's getting on those six-leg parlays. <laughs> so, Emory's trying too hard to sell me on Stetson Bennett because he knows that the walk-on, <laughs> a.k.a. Scrub. Is, it's is, the mailman. He's, he always fun. delivers. Except for last year against Alabama. One of you said Nick Saban's got something up his sleeve. I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's to make Stetson Bennett beat us because he knows that's not going to happen. So Are you picking Bama here? Down. I think Bama's going to get the win because oh. A, Stetson Bennett. Wow. B, Kirby will pull a Kirby. Now, <laughs> he, correct he, me if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but has, has any assistant coach – that Saban's ever had has that have they beat him yet? Jimbo Fisher this year. Yeah, this year was the first time. Yeah. First time, man. Yep. So now, the curse is the curse has been broken. So my my man David Sweetland, if you know David Sweetland's offensive coordinator for Alcoa, he's a big time Bama fan. And we started yeah. talking all the coaching changes. Said, do you think Bill O'Brien's going anywhere? And his words were, I hope so. <laughs> I hope he takes the offensive line coach with him. <laughs> so we talked about all the sacks Bama's given up, so he's not high on Bill O'Brien as offensive coordinator or the offensive line coach. But Stetson Bennett is still the quarterback for Georgia. So Coach Bauman's saying he's Alabama's going to make Stetson Bennett make some plays, which he hasn't had to do in twelve games. So we'll see how that shakes out here. For, he's made for plenty Georgia. of plays in twelve games. <laughs> see how money that shakes out. Money, money line <laughs> bet on Bama, not just the point, the money line. Money line. Oh gosh. <laughs> All right, guys, last segment. We're going to be throwing some cheddar. <coughs> and Rucker's nope. gone. <laughs> we, we lost Rucker. We lost Rucker. So, yeah, throwing, throwing cheddar segment here. So, we'll just go game by game here. Uh, of course, Bowman, you know exactly what we're doing here. First game is Baylor at Oklahoma State for the Big 12 championship. So, Emory, you want to go first? Yeah, I will. I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. I think they're playing too good um, right now. So, I'm, I'm going to take Oklahoma State. Uh, possibly playing for a spot in the playoffs, depending on how things shake out. So I'm, I'm taking Oklahoma State. He's a and Van, and Gundy's a he's a man. He's forty, so yeah, he's we'll a, take <laughs> we'll take that. Well, taking uh, Oklahoma State. Bob, what do you think? Man, uh, Oklahoma State's playing awful well, but I'm not going to get too hyped just because they beat Oklahoma, who was terrible. Even though all of you picked them last week. Uh, hey, I didn't. I, I, was, I was Oklahoma State guy. <laughs> you toggle back. You toggle he's back. back. He's toggled back on. Um, I tell you, I like Dave Aranda. I like Dave Aranda and what he's got done at Baylor. And I, I thought he might be a hotter name in some of these coach openings that have, that have been going around, but he hasn't. So I'm going to go with the Baylor Bears, Dave Aranda. Gotcha. Rucker, I think you're muted on there just a heads up, but I'll go ahead and go into my pick. All right, we, I haven't heard you since you joined back on there. But, uh, yeah, Oklahoma State's a five and a half point favorite. This is this game is played in Texas, so it is neutral site with the Big Twelve Championship. 
Uh, obviously, Oklahoma State gets in the college football playoff with a win, you assume. Uh, Baylor, I think, is right on the cusp if they were to win. Uh, I think Oklahoma State, this is their, you know, it's the first chance they've had basically since college football playoffs been around to, to not only win win a uh, Big 12 championship without having to face Oklahoma, but also to make it the college football playoff. I think they, they run with the momentum they've got after beating Oklahoma. They got too much firepower, and Baylor doesn't have a great offense. I think they win. Uh, but I think it's a close one. I think that uh, Baylor might cover that five-and-a-half-point spread, maybe closer than that. Rucker, your, is your audio working? I can't hear you. Nope. <laughs> he toggled too much. He toggles. One second, right. I said. We're, we're giving you one second. <laughs> Give us a thumbs up for Oklahoma State and a thumbs down for Baylor. <laughs> <laughs> can't even catch his audio either. <laughs> he's, he's frozen, making this crazy face. <laughs> All right. All right, let's move. Let's go ahead and head on to the next game. Next game we got is Michigan, Michigan, Iowa, Big Ten Championship here. This one's played in Indianapolis. Michigan's a 10.5-point favorite. Uh, Coach, Coach, what do you think? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we yeah, hear you now. Right. There he is. All right, you're just okay. in time. Go ahead and throw that Oklahoma go ahead. State. Go ahead, Coach Bobbin. <laughs> Oklahoma State. Does a thumbs up, right? Oklahoma State. <laughs> Michigan, Iowa, Coach Bobbin. I like Michigan. You know, I think they got over the hump last week, finally getting Jim Harbaugh, finally got an Ohio State win, and man, they looked awful good doing it, um, running the ball and the way they play. I just think they've got a lot of momentum. And, uh, you know, Iowa, Iowa was the darlings early in the year, uh, but they have faded lately and, and have not been playing very well. So, I'm going to go with Michigan. Uh, yeah, I think it's kind of the same deal as uh, the Georgia game here. I think this is Michigan's game to lose, 10.5-point favorite. Uh, they're rolling after beating Ohio State. I don't think anyone thinks they're, they're not the, you know, second or third best team in the country right now. Uh, I think this is a, just as big as it is for Kirby Smart to finally get a chance to beat Alabama. I think this is just as big for Harbaugh to prove that he can win a Big Ten championship after finally beating Ohio State. Uh, I think they do win, uh, but I don't think they cover. I think it's closer than 10.5 points. Uh, I think I'm Michigan's going to just throttle. Jim Emery. <laughs> <laughs> no, you interrupted you interrupted me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's called this audio here. I don't know what's going on with my, with my computer? I, well, yeah. when, it, when it shut down, I told Chris. I told I told y'all in text, "Hey, y'all keep going." And Christian said, "We did never been smoother." <laughs> so, <laughs> so this so this will be my podcast, and I'm gonna be going solo. From now on. I'm, I'm gonna call it Hot Cheddar. Oh, no. <laughs> go ahead, Emory, Michigan. Uh, uh, then I, I'll go. Yeah, I think I think Michigan's is uh, throttles Iowa. I don't think it's going to be close. Um, they got a lot of momentum from uh, the Ohio State game. Um, Charlie will like that pick. Um, Mich- Michigan's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty bad. I feel like. I'm also going your turn, Danny. Michigan. I don't know if it's gonna be. I don't know if it's going to be bad. But I'm also going Michigan. Uh, what's the spread on Christian? The Michigan game. It's ten and a half. Ten and a half Michigan. Ten and a half. I'm gonna say Iowa covers that, but Michigan wins. Uh I think Michigan's yeah. riding too high from they know there's a lot to lose here. 
being in that two D two, I'll get to stay away from George Brown and have a chance to play Cincinnati. Cincinnati wins, but actually that's our next game, Houston Cincinnati. Now, I've actually got Houston winning that game. I think Houston's gonna pull the upset. They've only lost one game all I think they're gonna shake things up and beat Cincinnati and make that interesting next weekend. That'd be pretty crazy because that would probably mean unless unless something crazy something else happens at Notre, 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 Notre Dame's in without Brian Kelly, which would be pretty pretty hilarious. That'd be weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, Oklahoma yeah. State would take that. I think Oklahoma State. Yes, if Alabama already, loses, if Alabama, yeah, Alabama loses, loses they'll push Oklahoma State and Cincinnati Notre, loses it. Notre Dame, man, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's the best case scenario. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Play some easy teams, Emory. Yeah. All right. Take it. Who else? Who's got? Who's got a winner? Listen, who do you got, Coach Bauman? We're, we're running. The, we're running the. Uh, we're running this now, Rucker. Okay, I'll, I'll tell who goes next, and we'll, we'll get <laughs> so, 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 Coach Bauman, if you want to go next, you can go ahead and give us your pick. You got it. <laughs> let him go. Let him go. <laughs> <laughs> No, I've, I've got Cincinnati uh, winning. I think it's t- ten and a half point spread. I think uh, I actually think the opposite. I think they're going to come out there and just blow them out. I think they'll cover that ten and a half point spread. They'll win. They'll get in the college football playoff, and uh, they'll probably lose their first game in that playoff. But they'll get in. So that's a pretty big accomplishment either way. Yeah, I'll go Cincinnati as well. Uh, Isaiah Cox graduated last year from Alcoa. Is it Cincinnati? He's actually red shirting, but was the scout team defensive player of the week last week. Saw that on, on, on Twitter. Um, and uh, I just think Luke Fickle's doing a great job there. And uh, I know that Isaiah's worried about him leaving at some point in time, but uh, I think Luke Fickle's a heck of a coach, and, and they're, they've got a whole lot to play for because they've got to win, and they've got to win impressively. So I think they may actually cover that as well. Yeah, I've got, I've got Cincinnati winning too. Um, I, I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be close. I think it's they're they're not going to cover the spread. I, so, but I, I think Cincinnati still wins. But uh, I think they just need to win to get in. So it doesn't matter how close it is, they're going to be undefeated. Um, I think that the committee is going to put them in uh, as long as they win. Doesn't matter if it's by one or by by thirty. So I think I think they're in with if they win. <laughs> All right, guys, so that's going to – that actually is all the topics we've got to discuss, going for an hour and a half here on the podcast. Oh, oh wait, Christian, did you want to take this? Did you want to finish? You know, <laughs> listen, I'll let you try to redeem yourself these last couple of minutes here. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, well, thank Coach Can I give Emory a scenario? Yeah. I'd love to hear Bama that. wins. You got one loss, Bama. One loss, I don't like Georgia. that. Oklahoma State wins, one loss Oklahoma State. Michigan wins, one loss Michigan. You still think Cincinnati gets in with a one-point win? Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. You got all those Power Five conference champions with one loss. I I think people are tired. I think I think they still get in just because they've they've been hyped so much this year. I know they've I know they've had a couple of closer wins, but I think that playoff committee's has some pressure to put them in for some reason, put a non-power five in there. So, so, who, so who's out in that scenario? Uh, who, who was it? The it was Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. It'd either be Georgia or Oklahoma Cincinnati, State. It's out Michigan, probably. In Alabama and Georgia. Is Alabama? I'd say would it's be probably in Oklahoma Michigan State. Yeah. 
I think it'll probably be Oklahoma State would be out. I, I, th- I think Georgia's in win or lose too. Yeah. So, so I think those three are I, in. It'd come down to Oklahoma State or Cincinnati. That's why I feel like Cincinnati's got. I mean, got to got to win big. Between those two. Yeah, I I, I think if that happens and it Cincinnati doesn't win by at least twenty, I think Oklahoma State gets in. Cincinnati gets bumped out. Mm-hmm. And then people lose their mind. Yep. Or if they win by nineteen, national champions, <laughs> UCF national championship. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> raise, raise the banner. <laughs> All right, guys. So that's going to be the end of the podcast. They want to thank Coach Bob Alcoa, girls. Uh, Coach, appreciate you coming on the podcast and joining us today, and uh, sparking discussions here with us. Not as a good draft idea too. So we're going to post that on Twitter, even with Coach Bauman. So see who won that draft. Guys, y'all got anything before we close out today? Uh, make sure you vote on the draft. Make sure you're listening. Tell people about us. Uh, appreciate Coach Bauman for coming on. Um, yep. I'll make sure you tell all your Alcoa guys to, to check us out. I'll get them. Yeah, Coach Bauman, it's nice to uh, to meet you virtually oh, yeah. here. Uh, I still hear, hear a little wisdom from a coach who knows a thing or two. I don't get to hear that very much throughout <laughs> the week, so that was nice. Uh, we'll definitely have to have you on again. Yeah, get shout out to shout out to you, and uh, yeah, just keep keep commenting, keep liking, sharing, voting in the in the polls, and you know we'll yeah, just keep doing a great job. I appreciate you having me. Really enjoyed it. Now I've got to go make up with my wife. I, I got the stink eye for being up so loud so late. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. It'll all be worth it. We get that every week, twice a week. Don't worry about that. (laughs) See you, Coach. See you guys. Yeah. Appreciate it.